The Mississippi 2024 recruiting class is looking like it could be generational in nature. Now, if you look at that, we'll tell you the players that are involved. We'll tell you the schools that are coming out of them. Some have already committed. We will talk about it all for the next 25 minutes or so on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On on this podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in. I do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on for more information and to get started. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notification, participate in the comments down below, and upvote the video itself. We would appreciate it. And, you know, we are going to continue the theme of football in every single show, but it's going to be a little bit different today. It's going to be a nice little twist. And we're going to talk about the recruiting class and how that affects Ole Miss moving forward in the state of Mississippi. We were going to interview Mike Espy a couple of days ago. He came down a little ill. We're going to try and catch up with him next week. But specifically to talk about the 2024 recruiting class. I mean, this is really, really impressive. Whenever you look at the players that are available, here are the consensus from on three, where you can see all the rankings from all these services that are out there. And you got Camarion Franklin, who eventually is going to be a consensus five-star. He is this year's Suntarian Perkins. Um, he will be the stud that goes on, and it will be an Ole Miss, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama. Pretty much everybody that's anybody is going to be recruiting this player. Now, after that, though, you expect four or five players that would be four-star or better that Ole Miss would be in on or something like that. The Mississippi class is ranked has players ranked at least four stars, 14 deep. They go 14 deep. I thought that maybe this class could get to 15. There's a chance it could go over 15 at this point. We'll talk to you a little bit about it. we got Daniel Hill, who the on three recruiting prediction thing is saying it's an Alabama-Mississippi State game. Good linebacker, very um, athletic. Um, John Garcia really liked him. Braylon Burnside. This is a commit prospect for Ole Miss over the next couple of months. Um, really, really good player. He's the number three player in Mississippi. Comes in at 168 nationally. Good player. He's a consensus four-star. The prediction machine says 98% Ole Miss, 2% Jackson State. We'll see if Ole Miss can go into Starkville and get yet another player out of it. The last time they got a receiver out of Starkville, it turned out all right for them. Jeffrey Rush, they think it could be an Auburn-Mississippi State battle from Pascagoula, Mississippi. J.J. Harrell from North Panola, um, Ole Miss-Mississippi State battle. Of course, other schools are going to come in, and this is all going to get murky um, over the next couple of months. Jimothy Lewis out of MRA. Um, he's, you know, four star and three straight things. Ole Miss, 45%, Georgia, 20. And the real white who, um, everybody says is just an absolutely electric receiver. An absolutely electric receiver. 
it, you you're just going to have to deal with him. Jamonte Waller, um, the defensive lineman out of Picayune, we talked about him um, a couple of weeks ago with John Garcia. Real similar in build, real similar and almost the way he's risen through the ranks as a DJ Holmes. Um, so it would be that type of player. It's one of the reasons also that on three has him rated so lowly is because they are very um, size, speed, metric dependent. ESPN is more of a on-the-field dependent, and Rivals and 247 are just kind of in between at the moment. Cameron Beavers on a visit to Texas either this weekend or last weekend. Um, the defensive lineman out of Bay Springs should be interested to see that. They're saying Ole Miss, Alabama in the prediction matrix, but again, do not discount people. Now, this is where it gets a little bit weird. Um, you have Cam um, Julius Pope who two of the services have not even rated. Um, one is rated nearly a four-star. The other is rated a four-star. It's a South, South Panola in Batesville. This will be relatively interesting as well. And if you look at this, it keeps going. Keeps going. Terrence Hibbler out of Holmes County. They're saying it's a state Ole Miss battle, the state having the advantage. Um, Chris Davis, the running back out of Picayune, state Ole Miss battle. Ole Miss has the advantage there. Isaiah Autry. Ole Miss has the advantage over State there. You, you can see this happen. Anthony Maddox is actually committed to Texas A&M. These are all players that have been rated four stars in Mississippi by a recruiting service. And the last one is Anthony Maddox, but close and right on the edge. And I just want to point out, if you look at that Fred Clark, if you look over on the left on the on three, 90 is what you need for a four star. So if he goes up one point, Mississippi has yet another four-star. And if you look at the list, like after that is Trey Petty out of Starkville. He's a three-star player. But, you know, Jeremy Scott, who almost loves, he's the guy that has a chance to move up. He's 6'4", 185, excellent um, metrics. John White out of MRA. Th those are the players in the state of Mississippi that are ranked at the moment. And 14 out of 18, have at least a four-star rating on one. It's only going to go up. It, we are in the middle of combine season, so it's only going to go up, and it'll be interesting to see exactly how um, it gets done by rivals, by, you know, whoever. It, it's really interesting because this Mississippi class, it, it is turning out to be generational in nature. It, it just is. I mean, 14 players from the state of Mississippi, four-star or better in at least a recruiting service so far. And it is the middle of February. It's only going to go up. Nobody's played games. We haven't even done the combines yet. Once that happens, there are going to be people that make a move. And because of this, honestly, this is going to cause Ole Miss to tweak their recruiting a little bit just because there's so many good players nearby the Ole Miss campus you need to get as many of these as you can get. You're paying the head coach $9 million a year to win these battles. He's here for this reason. So I expect next year a little bit of a flip to high school recruiting inside the state of Mississippi and then the transfer portal. You have 12 normal, 13 high school players that get signed in December. 
you could have up to 18 or 19 or 20 this time through. So it could be a smaller portal class. Also, Walker Howard, big pickup. Um, Damon Williams out of Arizona, already a commitment for the 2024 class. In this next segment, we're going to talk about teams trying to flip him and and specifically Kenny Dillingham and the Arizona State Sun Devils, his home state school. They're coming at him pretty hard. So stick around for that, absolutely. But right now, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000, that's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sports app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores to threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance for a bigger payout with same-game parlay. Now, we realize that in the state of Mississippi, you have to go to a casino to gamble on sports. I understand that. But if you are in Tennessee, if you are an Ole Miss fan there, if you are an Ole Miss fan in Louisiana, you do have the access to the FanDuel Sportsbook app, and um, you can do that. Hey, if you're in North Mississippi and you go to Memphis, you can download it. While you're there, place a sports bet. Um, it would be really cool. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Give them a subscribe. Give them a follow. Give them a listen. You won't regret it. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Now, keeping with the theme of 2024 recruiting, we talked about this amazing class that is in Mississippi for 2024. And this this is going to be a battle. This is going to be an in-state, old-school in-state recruiting battle for a lot of these players. But at the in the end, like in 2019, if you hit more than you miss, you could end up in the Sugar Bowl because most of those players, Snoop Connor, Jerry and Ely, those guys were from that 2019 Mississippi-made class and ended up getting them to a Sugar Bowl. This is going to be similar to that class. Now, the big problem with that 2019 class is that the defensive linemen didn't actually, they weren't there. You didn't get them for whatever reason. You didn't get N'Kobe Ding. And those three or four misses became bigger. And they overshadowed the gets because the gets were dang good. The gets were really good. But the misses overshadowed it a little bit. So it became this running joke about Mississippi made and honestly ended up costing Matt Luke his job because that on top of everything else, the pissing in the end zone, the whole thing. And then Lane Kiffin is the coach here. So in a lot of ways, Mississippi made is responsible for that, but a huge class coming in. Now, Ole Miss isn't just recruiting the state of Mississippi. Damon Williams is a quarterback out of uh, um, Arizona. Really, really good player. 
you can see his ratings on on three ESPN everybody he is not quite a consensus four star because like I said on three is really big on size speed ratios and Demond Williams is kind of he's six foot 180 pounds but honestly so is Bryce Young the the quarterback position has changed so much but people do want these large statuesque quarterbacks that they can put back they're six foot five 240 pounds they do want that I guess but in modern college football Demond Williams is kind of the dude and somebody that you honestly should pay attention to as it goes forward he he competed against um, Riola, the number one player in the 2024 class, two times and beating both times. If DeMond Williams was 6'2", he would be a five-star and would be the envy of every quarterback that is out there. But we're talking about a special electric-type player that can beat you in multiple ways. A, he can throw the ball really well. If you look at his huddle video, you, you see a kid that can throw the ball really well. The second thing is, historically, and this is working out for Ole Miss's favor in this situation, he went to Basha High School. He, he knew how good he was. He had a core of seven-on-seven players. But Basha didn't really have a history of doing it, but he decided to go there and make his name and being a new member. And one of Lane Kiffin's recruiting pitches to prospects is why go to someplace that they've already done it before? Go someplace where it hasn't been done before, and you get recognized for doing it. Well, he did that at Basha High School. So that bodes well for Ole Miss. Even though Ole Miss has been to multiple Sugar Bowls in the last seven years, there is still the national perspective, you know, hasn't made it to Atlanta. So maybe DeMond Williams sees himself as the quarterback that can get Ole Miss to Atlanta. It'll it'll be interesting to see, actually. Um, I, I can't wait to see how it goes. But He's an unbelievably athletic player. If you look at some of his runs and some of his throws on his huddle video, it's really good. But since he is so good and he's committed to Ole Miss, teams are starting to circle. As you would expect, Auburn is trying to circle. As you would expect, Kenny Dillingham and the Arizona State Sun Devils, they're starting to circle, and they're going to circle hard because he's a local kid and – they probably have designs on improving at Arizona State. They just changed coaches. So different schools that kind of raising up, and he is exploding a little bit. Now, I say that to say this. Last year, Marcel Reed committed in April. I think it was April. It was sometime around there. And he was an afterthought. Everybody, if everybody remembers, they were thinking about Jaden Rashada. They were thinking about, at that point, Arch Manning. But Marcel Reed committed. Ole Miss took his commitment. They didn't recruit any other quarterbacks. They shut it down. And until the last four weeks of the recruiting cycle, it was fairly locked in. A&M came in, did what they had to do. They ended up stealing Marcel Reed. Lane Kiffin talked about in his signing day press conference, it looked like he lost him, but you can't always tell what it is by what it looks or something like that. I don't know if I believe that, but it kind of is what it is. But my point is, teams coming on this earlier means Ole Miss is going to have a fight. They're going to have to fight, and it's a good thing. 
It's like I tell you all the time. You want teams to want your players, and you want them to do everything they can to flip them. Now, obviously, you want them to stick around, but other teams coming in and after your players that you have committed, that's a good thing. That's a sign that you have recruited somebody that they have evaluated similarly to you. You don't have a situation where Zach Stout is coming in at quarterback or something like that. You have something to where they can really, really make a name for themselves over the next couple of weeks. Now, I'm curious what DeMond Williams, is he going to do the post-game All-Star Game Tour? Is he going to be that good? Because if you look at him, we'll bring it up again um, real quick just because I like this graphic. Um, Three out of the four have him at four-star. Now, ESPN has him at 156 in the country. Why is that important? Well, ESPN and Under Armour, they're attached at the hips for the Under Armour All-American game. So ESPN and the rankings, that's going to be a similar thing. So that being the best um, ranking tells me that he has a shot to get to Orlando if he wants to. Um, 247, they're the San Antonio people. That's the second highest ranking. And then you have um, rivals, and on three, they're not really doing anything yet. I think somebody's going to eventually jump on the Polynesian Bowl just because they can. But we will see if there's a post-game All-Star game in his future. All right, when we come back, we are going to hear from Tim Thomas. We're going to talk about the Ole Miss-Auburn basketball game from a couple of nights ago. Ole Miss played well, got to the very end, and just went ice cold. You might have different players that play well and different players that perform, but I swear it seems like we're watching the same basketball game every single time with this team, and you just kind of hate it. So we'll talk to Tim Thomas about what's going on in the basketball program. We'll talk about his celebration trip to Oxford to see the 2013 team, and you know we'll talk about the game a little bit. So stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are, in fact, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, comment down below, upvote the video itself. It would be appreciated. I'm here for his weekly segment with Tim Thomas talking about the Ole Miss men's basketball team. Tim, it it, it happened again, didn't it? They played hard, man. It's really, you know, we talked about this the first of the year that it wasn't playing hard, but now they're really playing hard for Kermit, which is a good thing to say and to see. But when it gets down to the nitty gritty, they just can't score. They make stupid turnovers. They uh, free throw issues where they, they miss at the end where they got to have these free throws. And one time uh, one of the guys got into the lane too early, real key and, I heard uh, Joe Klein, the uh, announcer, a, a week ago when uh, we were playing. Uh, Miles Burns, someone had grabbed him, so it was a technical. So Miles Burns gets up there. We got two free throws, and we get the ball. So yeah, four point swing. He missed both free throws, mm. and then we take it out and we get it in on the inbounds, and and Abram misses a four footer right in front of the goal. And and that's what Klein said. He said. That's typical of Ole Miss's season. <laughs> you get a four-point swing and you don't score at all. But uh, you got to admire uh, them playing for Kermit. You got to admire them putting it all out. He did again. He went to the veterans late in the game, and uh, he just didn't come through with offense, as we've talked about all year long. 
Yeah, it, it's one of those games. The good news from this game, if, you, if you're an Ole Miss fan and watching this game and are looking for any signs of life, Matt Morrell finally had that game that we, we've been waiting on Matt Morrell to have. And if he can do that against LSU Saturday, that's a game that Ole Miss can get. Ole Miss can win that game. But LSU just beat Vanderbilt, so you don't know. But Ole Miss is in a position to where they're likely going to be favored to lose 20 games this season. You can expect a 20 on the ledger. But the key is going to be not just the LSU game. They need to get one, um, maybe Missouri or some somebody else, just so you can get that number below that 20. Because that 20 just doesn't look good, man. Yeah, it don't look good for them to win either. Uh, LSU game, this is a must win if there's such a thing with a record that we have. They're 2-13. and 13, We're 2-13. and 13, We're both in the cellar. We can get out of the cellar with this one if we beat them. They just won, like you said, their second game last night against Vandy at home. So we got them at home playing pretty well, as you saw last night against Auburn, which Auburn is not a great team either. Uh, we've talked about the SEC. They're, it's heavy at the top, Alabama, which nearly got beat by South Carolina. So it, it, it's a lot of parity there, but we got to beat LSU. We need to beat them bad. It's hard to beat AM next week. We got Missouri. Um, Away from home, it's going to be tough. So we can get this one maybe and then maybe try to win that first game in the SEC tournament. And that's the only two wins I can see possible the rest of the way. Yeah, and the way it works out, and the reason this LSU game is so important, and nobody is going to talk about how important it is, but it really is. If you want to see more Ole Miss basketball, this is why it's important. If LSU wins that game, Ole Miss is probably going into the SEC tournament as the number 14 seed in that first game to where they're going to either have to play Mississippi State, a six or seven win team that is honestly too good to be in the 11 spot in the SEC tournament. They're going to get the 14. But if Ole Miss can beat LSU, then Ole Miss would likely get South Carolina. Ole Miss can beat South Carolina, and that would allow you to potentially get into the tournament as a whole, the normal tournament portion of it. But Beyond that, there's really not many goals for this. And, you know, we're probably going to have a coaching search in two or three weeks. And I I say, and I've, I've said this a couple of times on the podcast, Ole Miss needs somebody that can will attention. They need to get the attention on them. Somebody that can instill hope. They need somebody that the fan base can rally behind. This isn't a situation where Ole Miss needs just a good basketball coach, I don't think, Tim. I agree. Uh, we need a splash hire, as you mentioned. Uh, Chris Beard is the guy I'm kind of looking at. I know people say, well, he got this, and he's been accused of this, and you've talked about it. Hey, they got to be vetted. Yeah, I know. The uh, Carter's got to vet them and, and check their story and follow up with the police and so forth and make sure everything's cool before he, he hires this guy. And I've also heard Penny Hardaway, you know, the guy – Coaches at Memphis, you know, that's a splash hire if he wants to coach in the SEC. And there's other guys we mentioned, Holtzman, uh, the Dusty May at uh, FAU. That's one of those guys that you say, well, we got one of those guys and it didn't work out. So it's, it, it's uh, what do you do? It's, uh, but I'm going to leave it up to Keith Carter. I believe he has the utmost uh, authority to make this happen and he has the ability to vet these guys and get the best guy possible. He got Lane Kiffin, as we saw. He went out and he's paid up to $9 million for him. So I, I, I think he'll do well. I feel like he'll get the best guy 
that we possibly get for the basketball team because I'm ready to play and win. I don't I don't like this cellar dwelling. I don't I'm, I want to get be up here at the top with Alabama. That's what we ought to be looking for. Just like in foot, football, excuse me. We we want to be up there with the top guys. We want to play in the Sugar Bowl. We want to play in the playoffs. That's where I feel that we can be. But we need a coach that can make it happen. Who can recruit recruit well? Who can really coach well? Who you know Kermit's tactical. He's really good at that. But whatever's happened, it's hard to know. I've talked to a couple of my teammates recently, and uh, he, he's, he's lost his way on these new age players, as we call it, uh, NIL players, and, and he's too hard on them, and he don't give them chances. He's, he's run so many away that we've seen this have done so well, Jorner and Crowley and Henson and Rodriguez and Buffin, so many guys have left here because he's been so hard on them and he don't give them chances. If they make one little mistake, he jerks them out, and they don't play for another half sometimes. And it's just that mindset that he has, and I hate it for him, but that's the way it is right now. We need a change. Yeah, and of all the names that we've heard, the one name that I think they're going to have the hardest sell is potentially one of the better G5 coaches in Dusty May, and that's just because one of Ford Atlantic's losses this season actually is to – Kermit Davis and Ole Miss, and it, whenever that you take into that cap, that's just going to be a hard sell. It doesn't matter that Ford Atlantic didn't come here with all their bullets in their gun. All they're going to see is that final score. But you know, I like the idea of Holtzman, the beard situation. If he gets vetted, yes, I like that. Um, and you know, even the Will Wade stuff, if he gets vetted as well, I'd be willing to do that. Even though Will Wade has, I guess, what I would describe as a punchable face. But if he's ours, that would be okay. So I, 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 I'm looking forward to this coaching search just so I can follow it because I genuinely like coaching searches, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't prefer Will Wade either. He, he may be a good coach. He may be a good, a good guy to get. I, I've always thought he was a, a thug. That's what I've always thought. I hate to say that, but I, I'm just my opinion, right? Uh, I hope you know things work out that he you know he maybe he's changed maybe he's uh, this has made him change through all this you know if that's possible you know I, Carter he'll vet him and, and check him and uh, now whatever he's done in the past with all the money money given I guess it's legal now nil right so mm-hmm. we'll wait I guess he's the best at it so maybe he is the one we need to look at yeah the question becomes when it comes to Ole Miss basketball because you almost have a situation with the men's team with what Coach Yo came in on the women's side a few years ago, whoever takes the job, they're going to have to recruit, and they're going to have to recruit lights out, and they're going to have to transfer a portal because they're going to have to basically overhaul this whole team. And this isn't a one-year thing. Do not expect a rapid result type situation. This is at the point right now, it's looking at a year three, and it's like, hey, year three, let's go. Almost like Rob Evans was when he got to Ole Miss. Yeah, I was thinking about it. That's true. I was thinking about it the other day. I was thinking, how many players on our team, all these recruits and recruits we got coming in, which seem to be good, how many can play pro? To play the SEC, you got to have a couple, at least two, three, the more the merrier, but a couple. And, you know, we've talked about Morrell. Maybe. Can he play pro? He's got the ability to jump in. He can shoot at times when he's on. Uh, who else? Who else you see as a long-term Pro prospect, you can you think anybody, Stephen? I can't. So you got uh, a couple guys that's maybe, maybe borderline. Abram in four years. 
Yeah, maybe. You know, Devontae Shuler and, and Tyree were really good. They're still in the G League or whatever league it is, or maybe playing in Europe. I'm talking about somebody can play it in the big, big uh, NBA, even to be in the All Star uh, competition, you know, as we're about to see. Uh, and I was watching something the other day Kessler, the guy from Florida, and there's several other guys, the guy from Alabama, uh, Sexton, you know, they're, they're NBA All Stars. And in Alabama's team right now, they got several guys that are NBA type players that are going to play on the top level, not the G League or uh, your parent league. They're, they're going to be in the top levels. And and that's what I'm saying. If you're going to win, you got to have those players. And it's good to have Abram. Ain't no doubt he's good. Caldwell's got a lot of ability. Several of these got Breakfield at times. Looks good. He's probably our, what, our most valuable offensive players. because yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, but who, who's our defensive player, Stephen? Who is our best defensive MVP? Who do you think MVP? Oh, it, it would be Miles Burns, but he's so offensively challenged. I mean, Miles is my boy. Everybody knows that. But he took it to the whole wheel. I was proud of yeah. him last night, a couple games, even the state game. You realize, you may have seen it. The last two games, he said 13 steals combined the last two games. Is yeah. that unbelievable? You see some players don't have that many in their whole career, or at least for a year. That just he, He's a hustler, a go-getter. I know why you like him. I love him, too. Mm. I enjoy I considered myself not a Miles Burns with that talent, but I was a defensive player. I was a rebounder. And if I didn't do that, I didn't play. I wasn't offensively – I was offensively challenged, and I've talked about. I could score inside short shots kind of like a Robert Allen. Robert Allen last night goes out and throws up a three. I heard the announcer say, what? Because <laughs> he's like me. He don't belong out there. He might hit one out of 10, one out of 11, but. Uh, yeah, that's still 8% or 9%. It's not. Our team just does the, you say stupid. I don't know. There, there are things that they do, basic basketball principles, and they don't even do them. So it, it's something that uh, hopefully will get us a new coach here. I'm for it. I, I think it, I talk to my teammates. They're, uh, they're for it. They, they say there needs to be a change and. Uh, we'll see how Keith Carter comes through, and he does his job, and hopefully he'll get us a great person in here, a great coach that can really recruit and bring us back up to the top. Yeah, and Tim, talk about you went back to Oxford for the championship celebrations over the state weekend. Talk a little bit about that weekend before we get out of here. Yeah, it was for the two thir- 2013 group mostly. Uh, uh, Marshall Henderson, I saw Snoop White and uh, Millie House Kid. Uh, it was mostly for them. They had a video from Andy Kennedy and uh, Buckner, some of the other guys that had played that couldn't make it. But it was just kind of a celebration. They brought them in at halftime and announced them and and got them a good good. Uh, it was a good crowd there actually. Of course, the baseball team they just got through winning over Delaware, and it I think it ended up being about seven thousand uh, folks, just a little bit more than the ladies' game. Uh, so it's it was a good decent crowd. For that time of day and this time of the year, so that, that was a good part of it. It was mainly for them just to celebrate the ten-year reunion. Uh, we had our we had a twenty-year reunion uh, several years back, the one that I was a part of in nineteen eighty-one. That's been a while ago for a lot of you guys. I think Stephen, how old were you now? Tell me again. Uh, five years. 81. I was five. Oh, yeah, I was five years old. So, uh, it, it, but it was a great time, uh, tremendous uh, period of my life, sports-wise, that uh, we had to rate up to the highest. Yeah, it's pretty good. And remember for everybody, the LSU game, this LSU game is actually important. For a player like Miles Burns, that's absolutely leaving everything out on the court, I just want him to get another W. I want him to get a win. I want him to feel good because he's given absolutely everything he has to the Ole Miss basketball team. 
Um, he might be a, a minus outside shooter. And in this age of college basketball, that's a problem. But he's done everything that he possibly could do. And probably right now he's our second best player behind Jamin Brakefield. True. And uh, defensive-wise, like we said, he, he is the MVP of the team. He's a uh, hard worker, this guy. You just watch him work. He's, he's like a magician. He he sees things ahead of him. He sees that the pass coming. He gets Auburn last night. He saw several passes coming. And when he gets the ball and he's wide open, he knows what to do with it. And he has some impressive dunks. Probably him and Rail have probably the best dunks on the team. But he, he's, he really gets up. He's 6'6". He's going to play somewhere uh, above the, the, the college ranks. I don't know how far he'll get. We'll see. But there are a lot of teams – even in the pros that would love someone like that guy, someone that puts out, someone that don't, don't just play hard, he gets it done. You know, like we talked about, 13 steals in two games. That's not even thought of. So I, I look forward to seeing him playing, if not the NBA big level, but at least the G League, I think he's going to get a chance to play. Yeah, he, he essentially needs a shot walker, or not, a shot doctor, I should say. Just sit outside the arc, shoot threes over and over again till he gets proficient at it because defense, three-point shot, if he can do both of those, he'll play for 10 years. A lot of them practice. I know Morrell's been practicing. You know he has been trying to get it. But, but in the game time, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. Now, you put your hand up to get ready to shoot the ball and, and in practice, you just kind of, yeah, everything's great and good and in the game, man, it's a totally different ball game. You got the jitters, you got the crowd, you got someone that's right there in front of you. You can smell their breath. They're so close to you. They're, they're putting their arm on you. They got they doing this and that. They hack at your elbows and hit your wrist. So he, he's got a lot going through. Even getting open, he has to work hard. Even getting open, you know, you think I'd be tired just trying to get open. And then he's got to make a three point shot. But he did it last year. Hopefully, it'll come to him before the end of the year and. I hope he gets a chance to play pro if that's what he wants to do. Yes. Thank you. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first. Listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast. It's Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Tim, thank you so much for stopping by after the LSU game next week. Hopefully, we pick up a W over the weekend. As this thing gets closer to the end, maybe we'll start hearing names and kind of get an idea of what they're planning on doing. Yeah, I, I believe it's kind of out there already. I, I got a feeling Keith has already talked to Kermit. I could see his face last night. Kermit's face looked a little less stressed. He looked like he was loose. Even the team was loose. They're mm-hmm. like, what What do we have to lose, man? We, we won, we've lost 13 in the SEC. It seemed like they were playing looser. He was giving them more chances to mess up a few times before he was jerking them out. So it looked like a little bit different. I, I think they'll do well against LSU. And, uh, hey, we got baseball coming up this weekend. Let's cheer them on. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Tim, take care. Hotty toddy, buddy. Hotty toddy.